Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and at this point, I really just want to drink more than I actually want to learn. And I'm Jules. I love vacations, and I love wine, and I hope to be on another wine vacation sometime soon. I mean, don't we all? Well, yeah. And all, like, that's pretty much all the time, right? Yeah. I, I... yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. So this is a very special, what we're calling non-vintage episode, and it's something new that we're trying out. Due to some scheduling, re-COVID issues, we've had to push back the release of our ex- next episode, but we wanted to get something out for our loyal listeners to keep you happy and preferably drunk. In the wine world, non-vintage refers to wine that is blended from multiple vintages or harvest years to achieve a consistent style and taste across time and production. We have featured a couple of these types of wines on the podcast before, and most recently, it was the Chapel Down sparkling non-vintage from England, which I know was, Jules, your absolute <laughs> favorite. Um, so yay for non-vintage wines. Um But the thing about these wines is that they're typically more accessible to consumers and can be great and dependable crowd pleasers. Just like us! Yay! So, same two girls in a great fun, but packaged to give you some quick, fun wine info to keep your taste buds busy while we're working on our next episode. This first non-vintage episode focuses on one of our favorite mutual pastimes, wine vacation. Summer weather is here. Sort of. People are out and about. Maybe. maybe. (laughs) And we are all in desperate need of a vacation. Like, probably for the last three years. Yeah. So, here are our picks for wineries on our list to visit. Jules, do you want to get us kicked off? Yeah, I'll kick us off. But I also want to just sort of say that we specifically picked wineries for this um, mini episode that are a little funky, something a little different. It's not just like a destination, but it's also there's something about the winery that makes it like really cool and just something super unique. Aspirational wine tasting. Yes. Yeah, that's, (laughs) that's, okay, that's a good one. I like that. Um, So first on my list is one called Tank Garage Winery, and it's out of Calistoga, which is up in the Napa Valley in California. So I didn't go too far afield for my first choice. Um, And unlike Drea, I really love a girl's trip to wine country Napa, Sonoma. She tends to be a little, um, a little down on the Napa area, but um, I would go with you. I would go on a girl's trip with you. (laughs) You know, I've been really lucky and I've found some hidden gems up there that are the sort of like the antithesis to the stereotypical pretentious sort of shit show that you can, that you, that they're kind of known to be and like super expensive and exclusive. Um, So... Um, and just like every good road trip um, includes a gas station snack, and my guilty pleasure is that's only allowed on a road trip is a Funyun. <laughs> I never would have guessed that about you. No one would. Yeah. <laughs> but come at me, bro. Funyuns also kind of obnoxious to open in the car, so the windows have to be down. So anyway. It's going to be hilarious when we have our next charcuterie board and I put Funyuns on oh, for you. Oh, no, because I won't eat them because it's literally only allowed on a road trip. <laughs> So, um, on my list today is a winery located in a converted gas station where the tasting room is in the former mechanic's garage. So, Tank Garage Winery. 
Um, the winery seems unpretentious as fuck. They like the F word as much as I do. So they're they're good. They're right there on my list. And it's like on their website that they love to drop F bombs and like their whole the way that they talk about themselves is just really down to earth and really fun. The um, last time I was on a girls' trip up this way, we passed this place. Okay. And I was like, this looks fun. And then my But then friend, you didn't go in. Yeah, and then my friend was like, We're going to be wise. And I was like, Oh, why? <laughs> You were pretentious. I didn't want You're to be. You're with pretentious though. people, I, I guess. I don't know. To be. Um, but so Tank Garage Winery produces red and white blends. They do natural wines, orange wines. They have a rosé, um, and they also have a Pet Nat sparkling wine. So need I say more? Yes, actually, I do. All their wines are limited production. So when they sell out, they sell out, and that's it. Like you don't. They're not going to make it again. Um, the head winemaker is, um, his name is Bertus Van Zyl, and he knew he wanted to make wine when he was a 15-year-old growing up in Cape Town, South Africa. So I feel like this is a really good one to kick us off because it's, it's accessible to us because it's in California, but the winemaker is from South Africa, so you get a little bit of that. So got like some natty wines, got some fun stuff going on. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I definitely... I texted my girlfriend that I usually go up there with today, and I said, we definitely have to check this place out next time we go, because it has not been on my radar before. If I bring the Funyuns, can I hide in the trunk? Fine. <laughs> but you're not allowed to talk about how, shit about Napa. I won't talk. You know, I can sometimes, sometimes not talk shit. Mm, doubtful. <laughs> um, so, Drea, what's the first one on your list? So, the first one on my list is... I just couldn't help myself. I went all out, all international. It's been a hot minute since she's been on a real vacation. So I got real aspirational with this shit. Um, so my first one is Jedby in Transylvania. I want to suck blood. And this place just sounds kind of interesting. Um, the way I found it was... Yeah, I was searching for cool wineries. It's called a Google search, everyone. That's how she found it. It is. It's true. <laughs> but what this particular winery came up on was like a haunted winery article that I was looking oh, at. Oh, so, I would be all over that. So I was like, great. I get to do my like wine tasting. I get to be international. I get to live my ghost hunters fantasy. Like all of this is happening for Perfect. me. Perfect. Um, but they're actually a pretty interesting story. So... They are the largest um, in Romania and the largest solely owned vineyard in Europe. And when um, Romania joined the European Union in 2007, additional funding from the EU has resulted in just the explosion of the business of this particular producer. They were able to introduce new technologies, introduce new replants and modern methods of winemaking to really bring their production level up quite a bit. So what's interesting um, about this one is even though the facilities have been fully modernized and new wineries have been built, they still really hold on to that old European flair, hence, you know, the hauntings and stuff that I had read about. And I, it just seems like such a cool place to go and check out um, and taste at. And, and 
Jidvi in per- particular has really been the producer that's put Romanian wines on the map. So if I don't you, know if I've had a Romanian wine. I'm I've had one good. once at, at, at our Rose? yeah at our favorite haunt. I, was say, the I Rose. might have had one at the Rose, but I'm not sure. So they're they're kind of front. So you think about like wines from you know. Romania, Croatia, kind of that mm-hmm. sort of Eastern Bloc area. Um, Ukraine just won an, a gold medal award at the Decanter Wine Awards huh. recently. So that whole region, which you know has been making wine for thousands of years, is finally starting to get some traction on the international stage, which I think is cool. Also, I I just I wanted to be haunted by Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's next on your list? Next on my list is, so, I was thinking about where do I want to go on vacation? What are the things I like to do? So, I kept it a little more, like, kind of local, but further than Northern California. So, I went to Hawaii for my next one. Oh, I love this. And this one is called Maui Wine, and it's, of course, on Maui. Um, You don't say. Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, and I, you know, what better destination than Hawaii for a vacation episode? But truth be told, I did avoid Hawaii for many, many years, um, cause I really thought it was just sort of like overhyped and way too touristy. And I really thought I wouldn't like it. And then I actually went there and on one hand, I was correct about Honolulu being that way. And I really don't like Honolulu. Don't care if I ever go back there. I'm sorry to Honolulu, but you're just another big city to me. But places like Kauai are freaking stunning, like amazing. So take me back anytime. So let's ignore the fact that Maui wine is known for pineapple wine, which I'm not super jazzed about. Um, the, the winery has its vineyards on the slope of the Haleakala volcano. Oh, wow. Which I have actually, um, been at the top of for sunrise and then biked down. Oh, are you one of those crazy people who like does that bike ride down the bike ride of death? Yes. I did that. I did that bike ride. Congrats. Um, I'm so proud of you. I did not know that there were vineyards around me at some point, probably because I was really just trying not to fly off the side of the volcano. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, the the vineyards are about 2000 feet above sea level. Oh, wow. So talk about vineyards with a view. You know, this is, like, going to be it. Um, but the other interesting thing about Maui wine is that their tasting room is in a former prison from the um, 1850s. That's probably haunted Which is kind of cool. Like, a, yeah. you know, just, like, a cool, different type of vibe. Um, and I was reading that estate wines like their Grenache and the Viognier are apparently really worth a trip and maybe, maybe worth putting it in your suitcase to bring home. So um, I feel like... You know, like I need another excuse to be on a tropical vacation, but that would be something to add to the list if you're ever in Maui. And public service announcement, if you're in California, especially San Diego, um, Alaska and Southwest Airlines both have really good flight deals to the Hawaiian Islands pretty regularly. And Southwest has a sale going on right now. So, you know, there's that. There's that. Yeah. Start planning now. Start planning now. So, Drea, what's the second one on your list? So the second one on my list, we are staying in that tropical island field because why not? Um, And I am taking us to Tahiti. Oh, you take us to the best places. (laughs) To Vinde Tahiti, which just, you know, 
like your discovery with this vineyard on Maui, I never would have thought Mm-mm. that there was a vineyard no. on Tahiti. Like I wouldn't this, think that grapes would grow that well in, in this a, climate. Yeah, in the tropics, yeah. especially when you think of stuff like the humidity and noble mm-hmm. rot. I mean, these grapes, if you're thinking about harvest time is late August, early September, like they're getting the worst of they're that humidity. Yeah. yeah. So I was, one, shocked to learn that a winery existed there. But doubly shocked to learn that apparently grapes, like, flourish Hmm. in terms of the growth just on this island in the middle of the ocean. Um, And what's interesting about them is um, it is they have been experimenting with growing grapes literally on a coral reef Hmm. as kind of like this fertile ground. and they also plant rows of vines along the beaches. So again, that vines with a view, they have this beautiful view of the Pacific. Wow. Just sort of stretching out. I mean, I can't even imagine tasting in that. I can imagine tasting in that environment, but yes. what, like a weird sensory mm-hmm. thing to, you know, we don't oftentimes equate grapes with the ocean in that way. Like we've talked about definitely on the show, the sea breeze and the slope yeah. and, you know, the fog coming off the coast and, like, the Central Valley and stuff, but not in Not literally, way. like, ocean view. Exactly. Yeah. So their big claim to fame is nowhere in the world will you see vineyards like this. You know, really right. thinking about kind of terroir-forward wines. Um, they are primarily known for their white varietals. Sauv Blanc was a big one that I saw on their website and I just I kind of want to get my hands on a ball of this to try it like mm-hmm. I'm I mean the Maui one too because you know I love a volcanic wine yeah so it would be interesting to see how these mineral heavy location island locations which are so different from the islands that I think we're accustomed to like the the uh, Italian islands and Sicily and Sardinia and then of course the Canary Islands um what these particular wines taste like. So, I don't know, girl. We may have to go back to Toll Wine. Uh, we might have to, or we might just have to take a little a trip around the world. Sure, around the world great. Tour. I, See I like Ron. that. See you, John. <laughs> Bye. Bye, <laughs> Bye, everyone. Peace out. I like that idea better. <laughs> All right, so where is your last stop on your world wine tour? My last stop is the furthest one away. It's in Croatia, and it's called Edivo Winery. And I put this on my list because my best friend Lauren, shout out to Lauren, um, is actually headed to Croatia as part of a mini European tour later this summer. Oh, so jealous. Uh, yes. I am also jealous of her. So I was, I texted her and I said, you have to go to this winery. <laughs> Lauren, pay attention. We need you to go to this we winery. We need you to go to this winery. However, <laughs> here is the catch with this winery. It's an underwater winery. Uh-uh. <laughs> I know. Eh? Yep. <laughs> Underwater. So you need your scuba certification to dive down and get the wine. Holy shit. Lauren, I hope you're scuba certified, girl. <laughs> I know. Her response was like, I don't think I can get my scuba certification in time for this trip. I believe in her. I really do. <laughs> yeah, we believe in you, Lauren. Um, but so the wines are aged above ground in clay jugs called, I think it's Amphora or Amphorae. Amphora, yeah. Yes. 
Um, and then they're transferred underwater for up to two years. What? And so if you actually look at the pictures of their wine jugs, like they're covered in like, you know, like it almost like it's like a barnacle, like covering oh, wow. around the the clay jugs when they bring them up out of the water. Um, so for those of you wondering how they might secure the wine if it's underwater, the jugs are locked into cages. So <laughs> don't be getting any ideas about like you're going to freaking like James Bond this shit and go like scuba diving and like steal, you know, thousands of dollars worth of wine from this winery. See, I just took it in a totally different direction. I'm imagining like drunk ass sharks just like swimming uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think the sharks are really super interested in the clay jumps of wine. Like some, you know, rated R finding Nemo bullshit going some, on. Yeah, yeah. Some like crazy shit. Um however if you do not have your scuba certification, um, they do have an above sea level tasting room. Okay. So you can't taste their wines above sea level. But to me, the really interesting thing is that they are experimenting with aging their wines underwater. Yeah. In salty water. Okay. Right. In, you know, brining their wine, basically. Brining their wine. Okay, so Lauren, there really is no excuse for you yeah. not going to we, this winery. We need you to go and taste this wine. Because I'm wondering, because they're clay jugs, there's some... Um, they're they're uh, they porous. Have, uh, yeah, there's some absorption that has to be taken from the water. And I just, to me, that doesn't sound particularly good. But the destination sounds amazing and just the experience sounds amazing. So. See, I'm like, give it to me. I yeah. love, I love I mean, I'll try it. saltiness in a yeah. wine. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be lead to a new mini series called Two Girls and a Grape on Special Assignment. Uh, two Girls <laughs> and a Grape, hit the road! <laughs> So, Drea, what is your final uh, destination wine? So, my last destination is actually related to a wine that I currently have on my wine rack at home. Uh, I have not been there yet, so I'll, I'll explain how I happened upon this bottle. But the last, my last pick is from Thailand. Oh. And it is Siam Winery. I didn't even know Thailand made wine either. Oh, yeah. It's wild. Hmm. So... Siam Winery is known as a floating vineyard. So it doesn't actually float, but it appears to be floating thanks to the landscape, which is made up of all of these small canals set next to the planted vines. Mm -hmm. So it looks like these vines are just sort of floating up out of the water. That sounds and, magical. Yeah, I mean, if you Google the pictures, they're amazing. Like, this place looks insane. Um, they are known for their Colombard, their Shiraz, and their Chenin Blanc. And mm. what's interesting about them is they really talk about how their wines are specifically crafted to pair with Thai cuisine, which tends to be on the spicier Spicy. side. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's interesting to me is having spent a lot of time in wine shops and in wine bars over especially the last 10 years. You have not. I know, it's shocking. Um, I, I see a lot of people come into these spaces who are like, I'm making a curry or I'm having like Thai food or I'm having Szechuan, you know, something that's spicy. What do I pair with it? And it's always really interesting to me how folks struggle for those those pairings mm -hmm. uh, so i am really interested to try these wines uh with thai food and think about that in mind but you know i think so how i came upon this bottle 
I have some friends who my husband and I met in Barcelona. The time uh, the, the husband of this couple was working at Sergio Rolo's restaurant at the Hotel Arts in Barcelona, and that's how we met. And we became like wine buddies. Mm -hmm. So every time my husband and I would go to Barcelona, we would take him and his then fiance now wife a bottle of wine from California or from Mexico, something that they couldn't really get there. Like I've taken them Medlock Ames, I've taken them Vichy, I've taken them all kinds of crazy stuff over the years. And a couple years ago, in well, in 2019, summer 2019. The last time uh, we were able to do fun things. (laughs) That was such an epic summer for us. We our house was like a revolving door of guests, and him, his fiance, his twin brother, and his fiance all came out to California. And we were fortunate enough to be able to host them for a couple of days. And they brought us a bottle of Siam wine huh. from Thailand because now they live in Bangkok. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, he had taken a job. He works in hospitality and he had taken a job as a beverage manager at a resort in Bangkok. And so they had made the move. But he brought this wine and it's still sitting there. I haven't like cracked it open. I know. I know. So you know what? I'll bring my Coravin over and we can, you don't have to pop it open. You can oh, just try it. Good idea. We can get some Thai food. And we can just pour ourselves a glass without opening the bottle. Did, did, do I sense a future episode on the horizon? Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Look at us go. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> Solving all our problems. Okay, so speaking of future episodes, um, we are always looking for new ideas for what to cover, and we would love to hear from you. Tell us about your most unique wine tasting experience that you've ever had while on vacation. Where did you go? What'd you put in your mouth? Keep it PG, people. (laughs) Or don't, you know. Whatever. Do do what feels right. You know who you're dealing with. You do you. Give us all your vacation secrets by sliding into those DMs on Instagram at two girls and a great pod, T-W-O, girls and a great pod. And keep an eye on our feed as we'll be featuring the best recommendations that we receive over the next week. And get ready for our next episodes, episodes 33 and 34 which will feature wines that remind us of some of our favorite vacations. So the next two episodes will feature a wine from Veneto, Italy, and a wine from Morocco. So pack your bags, get ready to travel through your glass with two girls and a grape. And until next time, salute, salute.